take a guess when the last time is we recorded a podcast. Well, if we're talking video cast on Facebook, it was while I was in India. But before that, mid-December? Close. January. January? Yeah. When? Wait, I think January 11th. I okay. Was oh, yeah. it was the day before I left. Was that it? Yeah, it was oh, like right was before house. I left. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. We had a naked baby show up in the background if you go back and watch the video. <laughs> naked baby is his code for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I guess Ivy had Mondo shit. And, like, Shannon had to go take her to change her. And, whoo! <laughs> And with that, we're off. <laughs> Welcome back to the Thrill of Defeat podcast. <laughs> I am the proprietor of this pirate ship. I am Ian S. McAlpine, along with my trusty first mate, Matt Salem. Yarr. We are back and better than ever after months off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk whatever, honestly. Little Premier League, Little Champions League, whatever you on Facebook Live want to talk about. Um, we also kind of have a, a really, really fun uh, WCW conversation we're gonna have at one point in time if y'all remember world championship wrestling i do um so yeah so let's get off and cracking we'll be right back right after this That's the glory of editing. People that weren't on Facebook Live have no idea what happened. Not there. a clue. All of a sudden, they're just listening to the agri-lights, and we're good. Uh, smooth as silk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're back. It's been a while. I mean, I, before we get to hot, some like hot topics, I just want to buzz through some things that have happened since we've been gone. Worst Super Bowl ever happened. Yeah. And... By worst Super Bowl ever, I mean, if I didn't have a rooting interest in the Super Bowl, I would have shot myself during that game. Because, God damn it, that game just was just like watching paint dry at certain points. And then the Patriots won, and oh my God. And then the whole time, not the whole time, but you were here, my kids just want to watch the Puppy Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, can we watch the Puppy Bowl? We're like, it's still a close game. It's still a close game. And then by the end of it, watch the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? All those puppies are going to be put to sleep. <laughs> because, because Tom Brady won again. That's why. <laughs> so you cried to Tom Brady. <laughs> so that happened. It really that escalated was, really, it really was the worst Super Bowl I ever watched. Because all game long, I was are you, we're still in it and every time you said that i went with uh, uh, yeah we are yeah, yeah 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 you know the commercials sucked the halftime show really sucked yeah and i don't the, even remember it who was it it was freaking maroon five who the fuck is that the dude the dude that's on um the singing show he's a judge adam oh, levine or whatever the hell his god. name is wait he was on that show yeah Anyhow, fuck that was that one of the worst. Fuck that band. It was one of the worst halftime shows ever. To and the point, like it was so staged. I remember, like the point where he took his shirt off. It was like you could see you see the gears turning. Second song, remove shirt. Yeah, you know what I mean. Third song, play guitar solo. It was like it was so manufactured. <laughs> it was like Maroon Five. Yeah, Prince playing in the rain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But anyhow, like really, that I just wanted like that was. And on the tail end of that NFL season, right, of, like, all the offense and all yeah. this and all that and all this and all that. And it was just like, bah! Hey man, I, like, this is the first time I've really, I, for at least two weeks afterwards, people be like, Super Bowl? I'm, I don't want to fucking talk about it. I don't want to fucking talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. we were going to podcast afterwards if we won. And if it was even a good close game, I'm, I'm sure we would have. But I was so convinced we were going to win that game. I was so convinced. I, and not, not just I thought we were going to win. I thought we were going to fucking destroy them. And it was nope. just a wake-up. It was rough. That was just rough. McVeigh. He got outcoached. Got outcoached, which he, he, he admitted. He admitted, and he's a baby. He, he'll be I, – like, I, the thing is, is, like, I know we have a bright future. It's just I wanted to end the fucking Patriots. I wanted to fucking end them. I didn't want to Everyone just – Everyone wanted us to end well, the Patriots I didn't want to just. <laughs> I just – I didn't want to just eke past them. I, like, I wanted to be the first team that fucking blew them out. And you know uh, what? When I'm wrong, I have to admit it, and I was wrong because that Kansas City – Rams Monday night game in the middle of the season. I was on those podcasts. It just 
the Patriots are dead. There's no way they could keep up with the NFL in this day and age. And man, once again, Belichick dusted off some dude who hasn't played in three months to play nose tackle and played a fucking defense he's never played before and got a bunch of white dudes off the street to play slot receiver and they did a bunch of shit they've never done before and they won i mean it's like just atypical belichick (laughs) yeah Yeah, and the thing i i have a hard time like i don't want to take anything from him he did everything he needed to do but like the more and more i look back at that game the more and more i look at everything the more and more i feel like like um I feel like McVeigh changed his game. Does that make sense? Like he didn't do what he did. There was no yeah. risky play calls. There was no no I'm gonna take it fucking to him play calls. It was all like by the book safe. And I mean, I think part of that was yes, but part of it too was Belichick took shit away. Like it was a grind. Like yeah. they couldn't get the most bait. They couldn't get like three yards, dude. I, like I they think, couldn't get much at all. I, I think, and that's I, that's where Belichick comes in. The the and one of the big saving graces that I fucking that I keep looking at is, and this is the case in point going back to college. Hmm. Jared Goff every year gets better and better and better. Like he did it in college. Do you remember his freshman year? He was yes. terrible. Yep, terrible. And then just got better and better and better. And then, like, we come to the NFL, his rookie year, he was terrible. terrible. And he's just gotten better, 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 better. And, like, I think this kid, like, he, I, he's really mentally tough. Yes. So it's like most quarterbacks, I would, I, I would assume, would just fall apart at this point in time. Like, this kid, he's got that, like, that just toughness about him that I'm, like, I'm convinced he's going to learn from what happened and come back even stronger. Yeah, I agree with that. He's mentally tough. I yeah. agree. And him and McVeigh are a very good pair, obviously. Absolutely. Um, but man, fuck that Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, it was, A, it was a bad game. And then B, to be rooting for the Rams, watch them lose. And then C, rooting against the Pats to watch them win. Yeah. <laughs> and those are two separate things. It's like, I wanted the Rams to win, but also I hate the Patriots. And I'm just mm-hmm. over them, like, over them, you know? Yeah. So I have to eat crow. And I'm never, ever, 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 ever. I'm not going to say anything until Brady and Belichick are have a stake in the heart and we've spread their remains across time and space. And yeah. that way and you know, that way I know they're for sure dead. Then I will say the Patriots will not win the well, Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know what can I say? R- Robert Kraft got his happy ending. No. Z- yeah, <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Robert Kraft, we're out. <laughs> All of seven minutes, <laughs> this podcast, we're out. <laughs> I think I played that one perfectly. That was pretty good. Um, so yeah, I guess basically what I'm saying is, I really hope at the event at the end of Avengers Endgame, they kill Tom Brady. Yeah. I want to see him fade. I want to see one more Thanos snap and him just fade to dust. Uh, so anyhow, that was a quick recap on that. And my other quick recap since we've begun is the Lakers are dog shit. Yeah, it's it been a rough been year. A total disaster. <laughs> um, I don't know where to start with this. Um, injuries are a big part of why they got where they're at. That's part of it. Yeah. A big part. You lose, you, you like, I, I don't think LeBron's still healthy, healthy to begin with. Like, I, I think that fucking, that, 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 gro- that growing tweak is, is still bugging him. Yeah. Then like, He's gonna get right, some rest, though. right when Lonzo was starting to kind of de- turn into the Lonzo we thought we were going to get, he got fucking hurt. Yeah. Right when BI has the best month he's ever had as, as a pro and was turning into the player I thought he was going to be, he fucking got hurt. Yeah. You throw in the Rondo getting hurt early in the season, which was a big fucking piece. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I mean, I, I, I can't get furious at this entire situation because we got hit by, like, every major player on our team got hit by injuries. Badly. Yeah. For lar- long chunks of time. Yeah. And then, um, I, like... I, I, it's hard for me to want to come down hard on Luke. I don't think that Luke is the best coach for this team. Period. Um, 
I think he'll go somewhere else and he'll wind up being very successful. I, I genuinely think that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the dynamic is something that he's attuned to be able to deal with. By dynamic, you mean LeBron James? No, I don't. I don't mean just him. I, I, I know that's the easy way to look at it, but I don't think that he's going to vibe well with magic. And that's been a big problem yeah, for but a I, while. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna I don't think he vibes well with some of the the kids that are on this team. I mean, you look at those you look at the warrior team that he was coaching, there's not a lot of ego on that team that he was dealing with. Like all of these kids had ego coming through the fucking door. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. They still had them. And then you also have a certain player's dad throwing shit at at him on the side. I don't think he's the person to handle this team. And like that is not me saying that Luke is a poor coach. Mm-hmm. I think Luke is going to be a very good coach. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that this is the place for him right now. Like I, I, I it's an interesting dynamic. I do kind of think that. Lonzo and Lavar kind of might be at odds in some weird shape, way, shape, or form coming up. There's a lot of talk that Lonzo might be switching out of the fucking shoes. Yeah, well, there's a bigger story behind that, but yeah, it looks like he's going to Nike. Yeah, um, but like, yeah, it's a dumpster fire of a season. Like right now, I'm hoping that we just get like crazy lucky and end up with Zion because that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, in general, and then on top of it, like, and we didn't even talk about the fucking Anthony Davis mess. Yeah, that's yeah, that was what I was gonna get to. Yeah, that's a huge, <laughs> that's a huge problem. I give a damn about, I give a damn about injuries. Like that happens. It's unfortunate that they got socked with what they got socked with as far as injuries. It, it was it was a very intense. You get the atypical injuries. Like, I mean, we lost multiple starters for like. No, I know. 15 plus games. Yeah. And they were, you know, they were, you know, in a playoff position until LeBron went down and get all that. But not only that, like we beat the fucking, like look at that Christmas day was like the high water point of our season. Like we were in the fourth seed in the playoffs. We just really like, we really handled fucking golden state in that game too. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and that was just the turning point point. LeBron got hurt at the end of that game and it was done. Because um, then it was just a waterfall after that. It was like this guy, then this guy, then this guy, then this guy. First things first, I called it. The second LeBron came in, Luke was dead man walking. Absolutely happened. Yeah, yeah. I hear everything you said, but it does not matter. It's just straight up LeBron, and LeBron's going to get his guy in here, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. The other thing is, like, Rob and Magic are on my shit list for, to a certain extent because before the season started, how you don't get – mother effing shooters on this team is like blows my mind like you have lebron at an old ass age right now lebron's never shot to begin with you need shooters get some shooters i I, i'll counterpoint that okay Um, we were still in the thick of the playoff race i believe we may have even had the eighth seed when we went out and got two shooters and it didn't help yeah two very good shooters neither one of them helped um, I don't the, the thing about Rob and and Magic at this point in time, and I, I just went into this with Kashan last night. There is one move they've made where I'm was left scratching my head and going, "What the fuck are you thinking?" One, mm. I do not understand the trade when you send Zubats out. Oh, that was stupid. Outside was of that, outside of that, the entire time they've been in charge of this team, everybody wants to flip the fuck out because D'Angelo Russell made the all-star team this season. Oh, D'Angelo Russell had to go. Yes. Period. Yes. His his time as a LA Laker was done the minute he fucking hit that video on Instagram. Yep. There was no coming back from that. Correct. And then on top of that, we had to use his him to fucking get rid of Mozgov. Do not blame them for that move. Like Julius Randle. Well, guess what? Bottom line is, is pretty much Kuzma and LeBron James pretty much play the same position that Randle does. So you can't keep him either. So I'm not going to accept that one as a bad move. Bringing in LeBron James. Sorry. You did need to do that. 
not a fucking bad move. Yeah. I'll listen to you about the about the shooters. You're not wrong. I kind of got what they were going for when they brought in all of the other little parts they brought in in that thing. They, I thought they were going to try to go Detroit Pistons like slap you in the face yeah. style. And I'm not opposed to doing that. Like the only move that I looked at that the two of them made that has had me scratching my head from the very minute they did it and still carrying on to this day is trading Zubats. Outside of that, I don't blame them for any any move. Yeah, I mean, I get like in the off season, I was like, okay, they're doing a counter move. Like everyone wants to, you know, be, yeah. be the Warriors, so they're going to do the opposite of that, which is what it looked like they were trying to mm-hmm. do. At the same spot, same you need shooters. I don't care if you're the Pistons, you still had someone to shoot the deep damn ball. Yeah, you had your Dumars and Isaiah was a pretty good yeah. shooter. Lambeer shot actually. So, so yeah, I get I get all of that. I I like that was you're not wrong, but by the same token we were in a playoff spot and they pulled off the, they pulled the trigger on bringing in two very good shooters. It didn't fucking work. It didn't matter. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, just the way the Anthony Davis thing went down and whether how much that has to do with Robin Magic and how much that has to do with what's his face. Those the GM. Oh, I, it 100 percent is the GM in the other mouth. place, which is why he doesn't have a job. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, it's like you have to do some sort of extreme damage control after that. But what do you do? you tell the young guys either suck it up or suck it up <laughs> and magic showed up to it showed up and did that i guess i don't know if he flew out and met them in philly and had the whole yeah, like, heart no, to heart so he did that so what now i don't know i don't maybe i'm maybe my blame goes on lebron and that's a distinct possibility and lebron has his historically had a circus every place he's yeah, gone let me just put it this way i'm not fucking happy i'm not fucking happy at all this was supposed to be just like this, oh, we're just going to maybe sneak into the playoffs here. And I don't give a shit about the injuries. I'm not happy, period. I'm not happy that the Clippers have a much brighter future than Lakers right now. I'm not happy that LeBron bleeping sucks as a leader. He's a bit of a fucking cancer, and I can't stand him. And I don't want to hear him talk, let alone see him play right now. Like, I'm really over that guy right now. Like, if you're going to be a leader, play some effing defense, dude. Like, you can't be this guy. You can't walk around and talk about being a leader and then sit on the opposite end of the bench and not fucking play defense and not do this. I don't care what age you are, dude. You can't say these things and then not do them. So... I've had the same discussion with Jason my dad. Jason Kidd in here is the fucking coach. Give me a break. That's dude. not his call. God damn. If he had his call, it would be Tyron Lou. Oh. Jason Kidd is Magic's call. <laughs> I, I I'm telling you that point blank. Looking at it, that is exactly his call, and that will be move number two that will have me go. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um. The defense thing. You're not wrong. But I do know that he played pretty good defense in the first half of the season. And since the injury happened, he definitely has not. And that would that like the defense is exhibit A to me where I'm like, he's still fucking hurt. No matter how you cut it, he is still hurt. Now, everything else that you said, yes, every place he's gone to, there has been a circus attached to it. It, it's always been that way. Yeah, I know. And I know he's like this passive aggressive dude and like everything. Like, I get that. I get all that. It's just once it's, he, that's the whole thing. It's, you know, the, it's the oldest rule in sports. When you're winning, you deal with the shit. When you're not winning, fuck the shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they're, and they're, and they are, they look like an effing joke this year. And I get it. The injuries and all that. It just, it all compounds. I can, I can hear your reasoning and I hear what you're saying and all this stuff. But when you take all that stuff and you compound it into one season, you're like, gee, damn, dude. Like, what the hell? Like, what the hell? We, we, the Davis thing, everything, like all of it. It was a joke. Like, the, turned... Lake, the Lakers were the, a joke this year. Like, listening to sports talk radio or reading blogs or whatever. I mean, we were Bleacher Report, all of it. We were just a constant butt end of a joke this year. And it bleeping sucks. And then the Clippers. Don't even want to get in the playoffs right now. They're still going to get in the playoffs. And they're going to get Kawhi in the offseason. And this brings me to my biggest beef out of all of this. Out of all of this. You bring in LeBron. Awesome. One of the biggest reasons you brought in LeBron is you're going to get someone else to come play with him. Now tell me, who the fuck wants to come and play with LeBron? It's going to be a trade. 
It's going to be a trade for who? Who are we getting? Just tell me who it is. Like, who are we I getting? I wouldn't rule us out on still winding up with Anthony Davis, first off. I wouldn't rule that out. But, I mean, look, there's going to be players again that, that come up every year that we can pull, that, 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 that trades can go down with. And I'm reasonably certain we're going to pull the trigger on a trade. There's my, now, there, here's, i got to jump on that real quick, though. This is something else that really irks me. And this doesn't fall on Robin Magic or LeBron. This is something else that pisses me off. There ain't nobody in the league that wants to trade with us, dude. Like, there's a bunch of teams that still, for whatever reason, just hate the Lakers and enjoy watching them being under everyone else's thumb. It's, you know what I mean? To the point that, you know, Danny Ainge goes into, you know, New Orleans and says, no, 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 no. Just hold on. I might have something for you in the offseason. He doesn't have shit for them. And everyone goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny's right. Don't, don't trade with the Lakers. That's my other thing. So it's twofold. No one wants to deal with the Lakers right now, period. And B, if you're a free agent, let's just talk free agent, not fucking trades. Like, if you're any kind of big-time free agent, and you look at the mess that this just went through and what LeBron does, and there's going to be a coaching change, and the whole fucking Anthony Davis thing, who in their right mind wants to come to this team, dude? Like, seriously. I I actually wouldn't be surprised if that happened. We'll see. (laughs) But do you understand why I'm frustrated? Like, yeah. it was a frustrating season, dude. I don't disagree with you. And it you. was, like I said, I get everything you said. It's just this compounding thing. And just being a <clears throat> okay, Laker fan, but it was that's like, different. we that, were a joke. That's the difference between where we're coming from. I had the same conversation with Kashan last night. I've had the same conversation with my dad. It, I get what you're saying. By the same token, a lot of this is your heart talking and not your head. Yeah, I'm a fan. I know. I know you are. So I'm just I'm just sitting here. Well, I'm not here. a front office guy. I'm just sitting here being trying to make things as objective as I possibly so can. So where do the Lakers go from here? I mean, honestly, I would not be opposed minus some tweaks bringing in a few shooters of some sort. Bullock didn't work out. The fucker we got in the deal for Zubats didn't work out. Bring in a couple of decent shooters would not be opposed to trying to reset and play with the same fucking team, but healthy next season. I wouldn't be opposed to that. You still need someone else. Kyrie or whoever I don't know Somebody. I mean maybe but not, if, but but here's the thing boogie. like if we go if, not boogie here's I the can't thing say that enough if we go forward like I mean and then you know maybe we could get clay that might be a possibility but either way like period even if we just bring in a few role player shooters that can that can help space the floor and everything a little bit like as long as we're in the hunt and everything as the season's progressing last year, next season, when the next batch of guys who are going to get fucking traded because their contracts are coming up, like they may want some of this youth we got. We have another fucking lottery pick this year too. Who knows? Maybe we get to hit the fucking jackpot and move up into the top three. I don't know. Like, I, I don't have that answer for you. Let's talk about that. When fucking June 5th rolls around and we actually see how everything rolls out. But the bottom line is, is like somebody's going to take the money. It's can we find the right people to take the money? And I just realized where I'm coming from just in the moment right now is that, look, the Lakers like hasn't been good for a while now. Um, I'm good. Um, But the whole thing is, as a Laker fan, I've actually been pretty effing patient, like, especially as it relates to other Laker fans I know and, you know, reading how other people react on the internet and whatnot. I've been pretty damn patient. I've been pretty damn understanding, you know, through years and years of this now. So for me to get to this year, and again, I get the injuries and all that. So for me to get to this year and I wasn't looking for a championship, I was just looking for competency. So we finally get to this year, we get LeBron and just all these things happen. I just, I was done, not done, done, but you know what I mean? It was like, I've been pretty patient and I've been pretty understanding over the past however many years, with the exception of that stupid ass contract they gave Kobe, which drove me up the wall. With the exception of that, I've been pretty understanding and pretty like, oh, this will happen and we got to stick with it and we'll figure it out. And I've like said all those things. And so I'm now I'm at my breaking point. And again, I'm not like running away from the team or anything like that's the first team I ever truly loved in my sports life. But it just, I got to a breaking point this year. And like, on top of that, I got to a breaking point and I know the internet. And then it's just like, you know, 
go on Bleacher Report to go on whatever, and it's just like people are just clowning the Lakers. I'm just like, man, come on, <laughs> dude. People are always going to do that. <clears throat> I know, and we still haven't hit the fucking ugly, ugly years of the post Magic like fucking Lakers. Randy Fund. We have not hit that point yet. <clears throat> I mean, look, it's ugly. It was a and bad I've lived season. Through all dude. that as a fan, like, I know. I've been there. It, look, it's been a. It was a bad season. It did not work out the way we wanted it. To, wanted it to work out, but like, if it were just pure incompetency, I'd be pissed. But there are other fucking factors at play. Period. There are, and it's like I'm not gonna get all hung up on it because. Of the, like I said, I'm going to look at it and see the other factors at play. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to freak out yet. It was shitty. It didn't work out. Yeah. Let's see how this offseason treats us and go from there. I, I get you, dude. I'm like, like look, I, I sat with you right here and watched us beat the fucking Celtics in the finals in seven games. Mm -hmm. And like. It was at the edge of my seat. We started out sitting on your couch and ended up about three feet from your fucking television by the end of that game. It was so tense. Like, yeah. I'm as big a Laker fan as anybody, like, yeah. period. But, like, I, I, I got to look at things objectively. And, and you know, what you're saying about LeBron, yeah, you're right. He can be a circus, and it's a pain in the ass to deal with. It is what it is. Like... We're going to have to see how next season rolls out And I'm not going to totally flip out Like every decision was wrong And the Magic doesn't know what the fuck he's doing Because outside of the move to trade Zubats Every move that him and, and Rob. Rob have made Made sense when they made it Yeah Every one of them Yeah Um I guess the other crux of it too, like I've already touched upon, is like the one the one thing I'll give LeBron this year is his little stroke of genius was the All Star game because the captains get to choose their team. Mm -hmm. And so he chose all the guys that basically he's recruiting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But of those guys, it's like which of those guys would actually come to the Lakers? Like, I don't know. And I maybe maybe I'm Davis just so sour on the Lakers this year that it's just clouding my vision really bad. Um but that's where I'm at now. It's like, who would come here? LeBron's a bitch. LeBron does this. LeBron does I mean, that. Who, who really wants to play with this guy right now? Like he's, I said, let's, he's at let's, the end of his career and he's a drama queen. Let's look at this objectively. <laughs> like, let's look at let's look at the month of February that Bi had yeah. and how fucking good he looked. And then on top of it, like, looked like the light bulb was kicking on and he was like hyper aggressive in games, which I have not seen from him in no, the past. No, not at all. And like that month, he looked fucking great yeah like he got hurt yep it is what it is like lonzo that month before he got hurt looked like everything was clicking with him and he was starting to figure it out yeah oh, okay i get it he wasn't throwing up fucking 20 points a night but that's no, not what his game is like he does a lot of shit that doesn't score up show up in the stat sheet my problem with lonzo though is how many times has he been injured has he been injured now like, is he getting it that might, tag? It, it very well might be, but a lot of them are ankle sprains. Let's see what happens if he ends up switching shoes. I'm sorry, that is a factor. Yeah. Maybe. That um, dragged on a lot longer than we thought it was going to. Yeah, I mean, I had to, I had to talk some Lakers, dog. I know, bro. <laughs> and like I said, the other part of it, too, is like I look across town, and not that the Clippers are ever going to eclipse the Lakers, um, it's, but it, it's a it doesn't help look, right now dude. because Jerry West is over there, and I can see what he's cooking up. Right, like he has this team of no names, basically, but it's a good team. Doc Rivers just coached his ass off, like maybe the best job he's ever done in a season. I'll be honest, mm -hmm. um, and I'm not a big Doc Rivers fan. So I look across town and I see that they have these pieces. They've cleared some space. Obviously, they're going after Kawhi. Like you read, they created this position within their organization, basically like just to recruit star players. Like that's what this guy, the former SI writer, whoever it was, I can't remember. Um, so I know I know they're going after Kawhi hard, and so assuming he does come here, like what then, you know? Mm -hmm. And does Durant come down here just to piss off LeBron? No, I don't know. Durant Durant's going to be a Nick. Yeah, monster. I know. There's that that's that's a foregone conclusion. Um, um, so yeah, that doesn't help, you know. Like when I look across town, they look a little more, you know, 
They look competent. <laughs> yeah. you, dude, it's a Jerry West run team. You know that's going to end up happening. So, so anyway. Yeah, Lakers. Let's, uh, let, 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 let your me... dad say? Do you have any insight for me before I move said, on? said don't trade Ingram. I can see that. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not trading Ingram. Um, one second. Uh, Thank you to everyone on Facebook Live for checking in this evening. Okay. Um, Pop, he says popcorn for everyone. Yay! I like the way that a reporter asked Kraft after the game, yeah. now that the Patriots have won the Super Bowl, where are you going? And the owner replied, I'm going to Jupiter, Florida. <laughs> 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 well done. <laughs> he also tells us to bring in Clay Thompson, but... Yeah. It's not gonna happen. I wish you would, but it's I not do. Happen. I like before, just so I want to make sure we get this in because I thought this might be an interesting conversation starter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like I said earlier, you were a bit of a WCW guy. Yeah, loved it. So um, good. I was still a WWE guy because Shawn Michaels was over there, and that's also that's WCW on Nintendo sixty four was the best wrestling game. It, it was very so much good. was. They did like three of them. I think it was a WCW NWO World Tour yeah, or something like that. Yeah, that it was one so yeah. good. Okay, so I'd use Sting and use the bat and just make people bleed. That's gonna get <laughs> us into the point that I wanted to get to. All right, cool. So Eric Bischoff has a has a podcast right yeah. now. It's called Eighty Three Weeks, and eighty the name is because that's how many weeks they kick WWF's ass in the fucking Monday uh, Night War ratings. Yeah. So you know, Bish like ended up eventually going to WWE. He has a great relationship with. Um, with with Vince McMahon yeah. but back in the day obviously it was really testy between the two yeah. stuff like WWE would tape their events like three at a time and Bish would you know throw out the results at the beginning of every fucking show yeah. um, you know just to to hey don't turn over to the competitors here's yeah. what happened on their show watch our live show yeah. which is kind of brilliant but savage at the same time you can't be too savage when you're dealing with Vince. As far That's as I'm concerned. probably true. <laughs> probably true. Um, so, so one of the one of the questions after listening to his podcast a few times that that jostled around in my head, and I have a thought process on which one I think you're going to pick. Mm -hmm. But there, to me, that the WCW thing, like to me the production quality wasn't as good as raw generally. And I had no. my issues with their storytelling in comparison when I'd watch a show, like the lighting always seemed like, um, it seemed artificial there. Like, does it seem like, like, like dim and kind of awkward, but anyway, yeah. beyond the point, there was a run for a couple of years there where they had like, just the writing was impeccable. And then they had the whole, like, kind of um cruiserweight division yep. you know you that was just top notch and they always had that formula where they'd open with a cruiserweight match and everything mm -hmm. and build into the main events so by the time you got to the main events you had a lot of older guys who really weren't very good in the ring anymore no. but you still had like an emotional interest in them so it was like fun as shit for yeah. a little bit um i have to ask you mm -hmm. and i have an idea where you're going with it but i'm curious what to you was a bigger storyline? Mm -hmm. Hogan joining the NWO mm -hmm. and wreaking havoc for a while, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. the shift from the bleached blonde, colorful face paint sting into the crow sting where he would sit in the rafters and like brood over what's mm -hmm. going on, drop down mm -hmm. with a baseball bat mm -hmm. and like take everyone out. Which one was the better storyline? Uh, Hogan. You think so? Yeah, I do think so. Because when like, it's all kind of like hindsight being 2020, it's like, oh, okay, he turned heel, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But like Hogan turning heel, Right? Mm -hmm. Like, that was crazy. That was just crazy, crazy, crazy. Like, in this day and age of wrestling, like, it happens all the time, right? Like, you build a guy up, then you flip him. You build a guy up, you flip him. It just happens. But at the time, it's like, Hogan was, you know, especially for me, like, my childhood, right? Like, mm -hmm. and you to a certain extent as well. I'm a little bit older, but... Um, I, 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 the first wrestling event I ever remember watching was going to my neighbor's house and watching Hogan body slam Andre to the giant. Yeah. So I, 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 just, I, do, I know exactly what you're you talking know, about. I grew up my whole life. I hated like, warrior because he beat Hogan. Yeah. So. I mean, spent my whole life watching, you know, Hogan be this 
icon of hero face America wrestling dude, you know. And so him turning heel and the whole NWO thing and all that. And I distinctly remember, I distinctly remember that night, right? When he turned, when he shows up on WCW, you know, and he becomes a heel. Like, it was fucking amazing. And Mm -hmm. I was so blown away by that. And on top of that, it's like, you know, I'm already, like, kind of into WCW. And granted, like, there's WCW before Ted Turner buys it, right? And then there's WCW once he buys it. When it was Crockett Productions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm talking about, like, I was in it when... Ted bought it and turned it into this crazy monster that was so much fun. Um, but yeah, so like you have WCW, which to your point, like Bischoff is trying to do all this shit to be like, oh, we're different. We're just going to, not only are we different, but fuck those guys. Like mm-hmm. seriously, fuck. He them, definitely you know? had that attitude. Like he yeah. totally had that attitude, which was just awesome, right? We, mm-hmm. our fans were just lapping it up. So you have that going already. It's like, yeah, this is different. Fuck them. This is going to be great. Break the rules, all this shit. And then Hogan does that, and it's like, oh, holy shit. Like, why would he do that? You know, not even like, why would he do that for a storyline? Why would he do that to his career? <laughs> that was like, honestly, a thought I had. And I'm just watching him go heel, like, in the moment. And I'm just like, fully blown away. Like, fully blown away. And then my next thought is, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> because it was like, so awesome. And just, I was like, lapping it up. And you could feel the tension. Like, you could feel everything in the arena, even though it wasn't there. Like, it was mm-hmm. just so great. So for me, like, obviously, my like, rant right here, that was like, sky's the limit. Like, that was so big. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I get the whole thing with Sting, but... You know, Sting is great, but like Hogan and the NWO, that whole thing, that's like iconic. And on top of that, like a quick thought I just had when you were describing all that stuff about how like WCW obviously like would pick up retreads from WWE and kind of flip the script and do like some different shit with them and all that. Hall Nash and yeah. Which yeah. is pretty fucking ironic because what is WWE known for for the past decade? That's exactly what they do, yeah. right? I mean, yes, NXT and all that, it's a little bit better. Um, but it's funny that like you mentioned that and I just like had that thought in the moment. I'm like, yeah, but that's what Vince ended up doing for like the last decade. Like he can't let go. Like he Hogan, just keeps Hogan was the guy back. he brought all actually all of those guys he bought from other territories. So yeah, yeah, he did it before they did it. And then the other thing about Hogan, like NW, Hogan going heel and NW and all that, like that just became musty TV. Can I like really remember any legitimately there's one match with Hogan. Um, but can I like really like think about some great matches with Hollywood Hogan and you know like all that shit not really but can I remember all the spots all the skits like all the all the fucking shit they did in the ring pre and post hell yeah I can because it was all funny it was like in your face it was like it was all great dude it was so much fun okay what did Bischoff say oh will allow me to retort oh yeah go for it um Sting yeah for the year of 1996 was the greatest storyline in the history of wrestling. Mm. Um, obviously, you can't have one without the other. You needed yeah. the heel Hogan f- to have the full switch with Sting. But do you realize, because I went back, um, even before I heard the Bischoff podcast, I actually went back and watched like every Nitro uh, from when Hogan flipped for... After the Starcade Hogan Sting match, so it was like a couple mm-hmm. months after that, mm-hmm. and then it was actually I like I I remember it dawning on me towards the end of it, and then I actually it was confirmed when I listened to Bischoff's podcast mm-hmm. podcast November of ninety six. Sting comes down after the NWO's run rough shot for a couple months now. Yeah. Comes down on Nitro. Um, they did the fake sting. Yeah, Remember? Yeah, yeah. NWO did the fake sting. Jump Lex Luger. Like, the whole thing went down. Like, everybody was like, a sting turning to the NWO. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And Sting comes down. And he, he proves that he didn't do it by coming down and actually attacking the fake sting. Yeah. Takes him out. Comes down. That first. That's the first time he comes out. Mm-hmm. for this promo in November in the crow gear. So yeah. he's got the black face paint, nope. the long hair. Jacket. How they didn't get sued for oh. copyright infringement, I have yeah. no idea. But they didn't. Yeah. Comes down, cuts a promo, and basically talks about how he's going away for a while, but he's going to be making his appearances, and yep. he's essentially a free agent from that point on. That was November of 1996. Yeah. Do you want to know when he cut his next promo where he talked? When? 
February of 1998. Dang, he really? He never said another word yeah. for a full year on TV. We still have again, the power. and yeah. still had all of that good. moxie. Yeah. And then like all those times where he'd rappel down from the yeah. rafters yeah. and like take out guys. Like the best the job, black bat. yeah. And then the only guy I've ever seen Hogan sell his ass off for mm-hmm. was Sting. Yeah. Whenever like Sting would come down and he'd point the bat at Hogan and Hogan would yeah. flip the fuck out. Yeah. You want me? You want me? Oh, yeah. it, like like it was magic. Like to yeah, me, no, like it was awesome. As good as the Hogan turn was, and to keep it hidden and to keep it buried down, and it's like I still watch that bash at the beach and still get shocked when Hogan drops the leg on fucking yep. Randy. So good. Still get surprised to this day. Yeah. All that said. Fantastic turn. Everything was awesome. Yep. But to me, Sting flipping, like Sting turning into the Crow Sting, and that full year afterwards is the best storyline I've ever seen in wrestling. It's Nothing pretty good. It. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with either. I think it's tomato, yeah. tomato. Um, and with Sting, it was, first of all, the two I always used on WCW on Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, he was cool as fuck. Yeah. And like, he, like, that's a really good point. I didn't know that he, it makes sense when he said that, like he went that whole stretch without saying anything yeah. because that was, that was the shtick, right? Yeah. Like he would just have the presence. He would just be in the ring and he would yeah. point at him with the bat. Everyone just fucking go crazy. Yeah. You know And you'd mean? never like, and there'd be periods business, of time in a business that's built on, you know, bravado and talking and mm-hmm. having some mots on the mic. And you, you know? and you literally waited from the time he cut that promo. You didn't have the payoff for Hogan versus sting for a year. It was a yeah. 12 month storyline before they finally had their match. Yeah. That's incredible. That is, yeah. un- like, how many times do they go, oh, shit, sh- things are wavering. Like, we need a big buy rate or something. Throw it in now. Yeah. No, like, he waited a full fucking year. The only storyline that I've ever seen have the patience that that storyline had was, and I don't know if you're overly familiar with watching the ECW stuff in the 90s, but really. Tommy Dreamer and Raven had this rivalry that lasted two years before Tommy Dreamer got his first win wow. against Raven. and it, But it was awesome and it was compelling because Dreamer would always get to that point where he was going to win and somebody would fuck him over and something would happen yeah. to where he ended up not getting the fucking win. <laughs> and like, and when they finally did go, when, when Paul Heyman finally told Tommy Dreamer, you're going to get the win, Dreamer had like fought him tooth and nail, go, don't do it yet, don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. Let's yeah. just see how long we can make this go. Pretty and good. finally, like, Heyman overruled him and we're finally doing it. But it took two years yeah. before he finally got his first win. Wow. But, but I mean, like, ECW was its own beast when it came to storytelling. And I know everyone wants to talk about the violence and everything with ECW. But, like, yeah. nobody writes a story and tells a story like Paul Heyman does. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so that that's its own beast. But, like... Did Bischoff yeah. say that was who like who wrote that as far as Sting like not? Oh, uh, that him. was that was his idea actually. Bischoff him. says like so. Of Scott he, Hall, of course he did. <laughs> yeah, no, well, hold on. He credits Scott Hall one hundred percent with coming up with the Crow Sting character. Oh, okay. Like like he pitched this whole thing to Steve Borden Sting and yeah. like this whole ideology and and, and like it, to his credit he says Borden like latched onto it and ran with it and 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 like really embraced it and took it to the nth level but he had this idea jockeying he's uh, bischoff said he had this idea jockeying around in his head that he wanted so he was the one that put up the edict like we're going to go a solid year before we put these two together and then here's a few little ideas and then they had a booking committee that kind of filled in all the gaps so he's like the grand scheme was my idea but it was everybody else who actually made it happen. And so that like, that's why, because you would go, remember you would go like two, three, four weeks without seeing sting on, on nitro. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly like they'd be having some match that had nothing to do with the main event. It would just be some mid card match. And then they would show the spotlight up to the rafters and sting would be up there looking down at everyone, you know? So it's like, that's the kind of thing they did to just keep him in your head that he's still there. So, it's a good long play. Yeah, it was like, dude, if you really think about it, like it's almost Phantom of the Opera what they did oh, totally. with him. Absolutely. Yeah. Very theatrical. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um speaking of what was it, two years? You said two years that that guy didn't get his win? Yeah. Yeah, two years. Speaking of 
people or teams waiting a long time to win something. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Let's talk about the Premier League real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are upon the run-in, as they say. Uh, the final international break is over? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're in almost into April. We're nine, straight through from nine here games, on out. whatever. Um, so we and I'm going to carry this because he went to the bathroom. <laughs> Sorry, keep going for a minute. Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, so yeah, it is the run into the end of the Premier League. Um, right now, Liverpool is on top by all of two points. Yes, two points over Man City, Tottenham is in third, Arsenal is in fourth, and Man United is knocking on the door to get in the top four. Uh, there are nine games left in the season. Man City does have a game in hand. Um, it is crazy to me that Liverpool have 76 points at this point and, you know, are still fighting tooth and nail to win the damn Premier League because Man City is a machine, an absolute machine with so much oil blood money. <laughs> Oh, we're talking about City. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was just talking about the fact that, you know, running down the top five, run, you know, as we go into the run-in. You should the, go to the six. Um, I will in a sec. <laughs> um, but it's just the whole fact that it blows me away that, you know, here's Liverpool sitting with 76 points coming into the run-in and still in a goddamn dogfight because Man City is Man City. And they have a game in hand right now. They're two points behind. Um, yeah, it... The big running theme amongst Liverpool fans right now is, is it possible to enjoy the season? <laughs> because it is stressful as yeah. much as it's fun. Um, and there's this distinct possibility of not winning the league after having an absolute... Like, literally, they could finish the season with so many effing points and not win the league. And, and so a lot of Liverpool fans, especially the last few weeks, have been it's just been this kind of echo chamber of, can we enjoy this, <laughs> even if, if we come up short? Um, I, to, from an outsider's perspective, I don't think you can. Because you guys had City buried in early January, in my opinion. I think you had it when you guys went into the game against them, you had a chance to put them 10 points back. Mm-hmm. And lo- I think you guys lost that game. Lost that game, yeah. And ended up, and and now it's like at this point, it's almost like if you guys don't win, it's almost self inflicted. I don't agree with that at all. They've lost one game. <laughs> yeah, but you dropped. A, you dropped. A, yeah, but you drew, guys drew against teams you had no business drawing against. In my opinion, you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, but this is where I call bullshit on people when this happens. Let me reiterate this. Man City is an absolute machine. Man City has, slight exaggeration, billions of dollars. They are six deep at every position. The mere fact that Liverpool is even sniffing their jockstrap right now is a miracle unto itself. And yes, Liverpool has talent, and yes, they have some money. But the mere fact that they're even in this position is pretty great. And that's where people come into this whole position of, can we enjoy this right now? Yes, I think you can. It's pretty stressful, but you can enjoy this. Yes, should they have won some of those games? Of course they have. They should have. But in the same time, I see where Klopp is coming in, right? It's been like he's been very defensive-minded this year. He has obviously switched, switched their style to a certain extent. And so certain games, like the Everton game, case in point, right? Got to go to Everton. It's your two, one of the two biggest rivals you have. It's the one game they're going to fucking just be all out and everything and all that. Can you afford to lose the game? Absolutely not. Can you get out of there with a draw? Yeah, not ideal. But can you lose it? Hell effing no. You cannot lose that game. And so I think that's where he's coming from in certain, ga- in certain games that, yes, people are like, they dropped points, air quotes. You can't lose the game. You cannot lose that game. I you have, have to. You have to be in the conversation right now with nine games to go. I, I have to say, but I still have to point to the fact that in early January, you guys had a seven-point lead with a chance to put City ten points back. So they didn't win that game. So you didn't. So you're down to four. That's still a fucking healthy lead. And now you're two up with they ha- them having a game in hand. Yeah. Like. You had your own destiny under control and ended up not no longer controlling said destiny. Yep. 
that's not good. And on top of it, like, I, I get where you're coming from. And, like, I'm not trying to be a dick here. I'm pulling yeah. 100% for you guys to win this fucking league. But, like, you guys are almost as deep as they are. I'm not saying you spent the money to do it. Mm. You guys did it savvy. Yeah. You guys brought in guys like Salah for pennies on the fucking dollar because that was a smart move. Mm. You guys spent big money where you needed to with guys like Van Dyke and Allison. Mm -hmm. But, like... Seriously, you guys have hit a rash of injuries this year, and it doesn't even really seem like you guys missed a beat because the guys that you guys plug in are fucking good. You guys are just as deep as they are. I don't know if I go that far. I think we're deep. This is the deepest team Klopp has had. It's the deepest team Liverpool's had in a long time. Are we deeper than Man City? Eh, I don't know about that. Um, but you're close enough. We're close enough. And I'm not trying to make an excuse. Like, like Man City is Man City, right? And that's all I'm saying is, like, yeah. the fact that we're – Look, I want to win this so badly, of course, you know, because it's been forever. Um, am I going to fault? Am I going to fault? Am area? I going to fault Jurgen Klopp right now? No, I didn't say that. Not I at didn't, all. I didn't say that. All I said was, if I were if I were a supporter and a fan, mm -hmm. to me, and and I hundred percent would still say Klopp needs to stick around because he's a fantastic manager and he's done a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. But to me, if I were sitting and looking at this, all I would do it's it's like the it's like the Dodgers got to back-to-back -back World Series this year. Do you feel good about that? Or the last couple of years? Do you feel good about that? I don't feel good about that at all. No, but Liverpool, I mean, they. this is a different conversation. I'm not comparing those two. Those are two very different things right now. Liverpool, you know what? Klopp showed up, weren't even in the Champions League, weren't even near the Champions League. Klopp moves him up a year, moves him up a year. They keep making progress. This isn't another progress year. This isn't, you know... Getting the Champions League final last year, awesome. Bit of a glue and gum and gumption and got there and some shit happened in the final. Bloody sucks, you know, but here we are. Next step up. Now we're, you know, competing for you. That's the one thing I keep going back to. Go look on, go Google search the lineup Klopp had his first match. No, it's you're insane. not wrong. You're not wrong. All I'm simply saying is you asked me if you, yeah. if, if I as a supporter could, could, could enjoy feel it. good enjoy it i couldn't okay. i'd feel like i let it slip away like like we let it slip away mm. in my opinion yeah and and like look out as a non as as a i'm not necessarily a liverpool supporter i've i've watched a shit ton of your guys's games this year yeah. like i've watched very closely like i enjoy the team i've i've enjoyed the team my whole life i i, I like I like Liverpool. Mm. To me, they should be controlling their destiny at this point in time, and the fact that they don't would be a disappointment to me. Yeah, that's a disappointment to me, but there's something I want to distinguish right now real quick is it's not over. <laughs> the I, way you're I, talking I right now makes it sound like it's over. It's but not I, over. I, but what I was, was kind of... I'm looking at this from the perspective of you asked me if we, I, I was the way I was understanding your question is if we don't win this, can we enjoy what happened or not? Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So if to me, if they don't win this, yeah. it would be a disappointment. Like yeah, I couldn't well, enjoy that. It's like, we should have, done better in my opinion yeah does that make sense yeah, yeah, yeah. okay i get it also man city <laughs> i get it but like i said i will go back and forth with you on this you guys are just about as deep as they are yeah i don't agree with that but we'll have to agree to disagree um and, and you know i mean honestly too like to me you guys got those two teams have two of the best fucking managers in the world it's unbelievable like yeah I, I I I just told you this earlier. Like I wish that I had my sixteen, seventeen year old body with my brain for football now. Like like watching football now. Like I just I love the styles that both of these managers play. Yeah. Like I, I I don't know if I told you this, but I a few weeks back, Shannon sat down on the couch with me and said he was playing, and they were. It was one of that point. Those points where like. 
they're turning a game in a way and they're just starting to just envelop another team, just just destroy another team. And it wasn't Chelsea. And, <laughs> and um, Shannon was watching the match and was like, does that powder blue team have more players? Huh. Because it, it, the way they move and the way they're structured and the way they mechanically are sound and how like the way they push the action and push the defense forward to just envelop teams, it's, it's overwhelming. It's stifling. It's suffocating. It's just powder blue wave after powder blue wave. And they like, every time you get a clearance and you think that, Oh, maybe we can turn a, turn a counter attack here. There's just another wave of powder blue coming at you. And it's just exhausting. Whereas like, it's a little different from the Liverpool perspective because they do also have that suffocating style sometimes, but it's like, well, they gag and press exactly opposed to being these lines, lines. It's, it's individuality pushing like so hard. Well, okay. Let's put it this way. Liverpool hunt in packs Mm -hmm. and, Man City are red coats standing up in line. Fire yeah. standing up in line. Fire yeah. standing up in line. Fire. Yeah, that's the agreed. Difference. Agreed. <laughs> but it, it's it's fascinating to watch those two styles with each other. And um, who did you guys draw in Champions League? Porto. Porto. Oh, nice. That's a good draw. Yep. City got Tottenham. Yeah. Yes. And the thing there is, they end up playing Tottenham like three times within. Yeah, because they have a league game too, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, we did that with um, with City too. Um, I want to say we played them in December, then we played them twice in January, and once because one of them was a League Cup game. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I am disappointed that Liverpool don't have their fate in their hands. Mm-hmm. Am I enjoying this? Yes, I am. Who's will got- I enjoy it? Yes, I will. I hopefully we win. It is not over, and Man City will drop points. I guarantee that. Who do they have? They are fighting Who's on the draw? four fronts right now. Three, because the League Cup's over. Oh, League Cup's over. So three fronts right now, and I do have a sneaky suspicion that if you gave truth serum to Pep right now and said, "What's more important to you right now, Champions League or Premier League?" He would answer Champions League because that's the one thing Man City has never truly staked a claim as being a European team. Has he? Has he what? Has he won it? Oh, I'm not sure. Barca or I don't Bayern. Did not Bayern. No. I'm Maybe not sure. Barca. Maybe. I don't know. Because I know Marino won it with Inter. Yeah. And the two of them are always tied. So yeah. okay. Um. So I hope that plays into it again. They have incredible depth, but hopefully. Being on, yeah. I mean, fronts. if the FA Cup game, they'll they'll throw that if need be. Yeah. Though, of course, like there is pressure because they have a chance for the fucking vaunted quadruple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't even know that you. I mean, I guess if you had to pick, you got to pick one. But do you really want to throw any of them away? No, I'm not saying that they would throw them. I'm just saying, does if you gave him true serum, what his preference would be at this? Oh point? yeah, it'd probably I'd be Champions, Champions Premier, and then FA, of course. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. This is the run in. Um, like I said, I guarantee Man City drops points. It's just hopefully Liverpool doesn't drop any points. Um, you guys still have us and a game against someone else tough, don't you? We have Tottenham this weekend. Tottenham, okay. And then those are the two. It's you, you guys, and Tottenham. What about what about uh, City? Who else do they have on their run? Uh, well, they do have a little issue of having to go to Old Trafford. And they're playing well. And they're playing well. If they get if healthy, you look, though. Yeah, I don't have the schedule lifted. Um, but if you if you match up, they have to play Tottenham as well, obviously. Um, but mm-hmm. if you look at the schedule side-by-side, side, it does, it, again, just looking at the schedule on paper doesn't mean anything. But Liverpool has the better run-in. Okay. Um, and, yeah, that Man City having to go to Old Trafford with Man United playing with some confidence. Now. How late? I don't know. I'll have to look. Okay. Um, but anyhow, that's a big one. It'd be <laughs> curious to see if it lines up with the Tottenham Champions League games, too. Yeah. Because then it would be pushed, 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 pushed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I hope to hell that Liverpool do it, obviously. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting that Klopp said a few weeks ago is that in one of his press conferences, he's like, you have to understand 
this is the beginning of our window of opportunity. Mm-hmm. We're not in the middle. We're not in the end. We're just starting, you know? And he's like, I oh, know yeah. that doesn't give people solace if we don't make it, but that is the truth. Like, we've just, I told you I turned it on. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> No offense, I need your team to be a train wreck when they come to Anfield. Yeah, we'll try. I don't. I like. I can't fucking figure it out anymore, bro. Like, I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't need I, you I mean, guys at your best right I now. I know. I need Eden Hazard thinking about Madrid. <laughs> I need your coach smoking in the hallway. I need your goalie not listening to your coach. I need all of it. It's um, I can't begin to describe where we're at. So yeah. that very well might be a possibility because it's like we looked. We, we get fucking mauled 6-0 by City, but then we come out a few weeks later against them in the fucking Carabao Cup and mm-hmm. play, like, our best game of the season in the final against them, yeah. lose on penalties, and then, like, played really well for a few weeks, but then we fucking drop the fucking deuce in, at, at Everton. Yep. And I just can't figure us out. I can't. I can't. I mean, we're still got a fighting chance of getting in the top four, but uh, we could win Europa. I don't know, but I don't fucking. I mean, it's just it's train wreck right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. I don't know if you remember this conversation, but my only hope for Christian Pulisic was that he was going to a stable environment, Matt. <laughs> Well, so let me. We might have a transfer ban. He'll get plenty of time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I don't know who your manager's going to be, but I don't know either. <laughs> Damn it! Might be Frank Lampard. Uh, I think they moved him that quickly. He's been. Yeah. Where is he? At Derby, right? He's Derby. at Derby. How long has he been there? A year. <laughs> I mean, it's Chelsea. He's done really well. No, no, I, I, no, no, no. It's nothing against that. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. But it's Chelsea. I don't know. I know. Yeah. We fire managers a year after they win titles. Correct. It's crazy. This is what we do. It's crazy. <laughs> it uh, might be John Terry for all I know. It might be <laughs> me. I don't know. Oh, I love it. Anyhow. Yeah, that's all yeah, I got. <laughs> I got nothing. All right. We'll come back to wrap this up next. Dad has a closing comment. I'm checking right now. Yeah. One moment. Anyhow, good times. Thank you for sticking with us. If you're listening to this on uh, this podcast, um, wherever, however, thank you for tuning in on Facebook Live. Um, as usual, life happens. We try to do this as much as possible. But hey, I went to you know, you know other continents, yes. multiple of them. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I yeah, getting back in the swing of things, and then you yeah, know having sure. little ones, and, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what do you say? See, what I don't understand is why Liverpool would change anything about their game when they are right. No one in the Premier League can run with them. No one can beat them. He's not wrong. As far as their style? Yeah. Like from last year? Yeah. Oh, that's an easy answer. Because we don't want to be playing 5 4 4 3 games. Like, you can't win the league like that. <laughs> um, I'll tell yeah. you this. Here's my quick insight. Here's my. Here, I'm free of charge, everyone. Um, Assuming, let's say, we got Porto in the, you know, now, and then they would move on if they beat him to go in the semifinals. Let's say they kind of stick to what they're doing right now, which is four three three, pretty pretty standard defense first, blah blah blah. Move on. If they move on, I think from that point on, I'm going to guess that Klopp flips the switch, and goes all out, and goes all so out. So you're because, telling me because you're in, you're in a tournament style, right? So at that point, you you've progressed pretty quick and not pretty quick but you've gotten this far you're probably going to be playing barcelona if you get to that point then i say at that point you flip the switch so you're telling me you go with shakiri and keita in the middle then no i'm I'm just saying you go i i'm not even i'm I'm saying that for a specific reason to me like he when he you could tell kind of what he's going to do when you end up in the midfield if you wind up with 
Milner and Henderson, it's going to be a more conservative game. If you wind up with Shakiri and Kada, you're going to have a lot more attacking power. No, I think that's a misconception because last year they were, you know, they were this balls to the wall heavy metal football team. Henderson and Milner played a lot. <laughs> they did. So it's it's not so much the it's not so much the personnel, but it's the, the diff- style. The difference is, is one of those guys were playing the holding midfield spot, but Fabinho's yeah. got that locked oh, down. God, now. I love that guy. Yeah. So good. <laughs> He's yeah. just a destroyer. Yeah. He's so He's good. the destroyer of men. <laughs> And um, like, and it's like, oh, one of our we got a a lot of injuries at center back. Yeah. That motherfucker just slides back, and you don't miss a beat. And Byron didn't score a goal. Not sweet <laughs> fuck all. It was pretty great. Like Byron, like Byron Munich, did not score a single fucking goal. Great. <laughs> in two games. No, they got one. Oh, that's right. They oh, got no, one they didn't one. score. Joel Matip scored. That's right. They <laughs> so scored no goals. They scored no goals. <laughs> I will say real quick that three to one beat down in Germany was satisfying. I can that imagine. That was just like, here's your lunch. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. We own this place now. <laughs> and it was like the the first half was dodgy. Yeah. At least, at least half the the second half of the first half was yeah. dodgy, and then in the second half it was just like, oh, oh, Byron's old now. Yeah, they're think, really old now. I think they're old, and then I think also. These... No, it's like you guys have that ability to make teams look ancient. Oh yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I think too, part of it was you know experience from last year's run. Oh yeah, that they they know they know. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. What's going on? What's new? You can find me on the Facebook. You can also find me on the Twitter at Yoga with Yoda One. You can find me find us on the Twitter as well as <laughs> at, at Thrill Defeat. I need yeah, the login need the credentials login. again. Yeah, that's good. Um, find this podcast on iTunes. Find it on SoundCloud. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Thank you. Hit us up on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in on Facebook. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I know it's kind of hitting this when we're doing it, but we totally appreciate it. We'll get more consistent. Give us some feedback. That would help. Um. Yeah, thrilled defeat on Facebook. I think that I covered that. Baseball season is almost upon us. Thank you. I can't wait. We'll talk baseball soon. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna bring a guest in for that. Actually, Who? A friend of mine is a big. Do I know them? No, you don't. He's okay. a big baseball fan and a big wrestling fan. So hey, sweet. Two to kill two, two birds, birds with one, one stone. stone. So that'd be awesome. Um. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um. I think that's it. And as always, remember, winning is for losers. losers. Oh,